When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On May 4th, 2019, Canelo Alvarez will fight Daniel Jacobs in a battle between the two best middleweights in the world. Isn't it great that we have a moment in the sport when two great champions can come together. This is a fight that's coming at the right time. It always exists in me wanting to hurt Canelo. And he's going to knock him out. How's that sound? Siempre me gustan los retos. Esto es un reto grande para mí. Somebody gonna get hurt up in here. I want to embarrass him. I want to hurt him. I want to go inside that ring and prove that I'm the best. This is what we do. Ahí arriba del ring, creo que pueden pasar muchas cosas. ¿no? This to be a fight that we could be talking about 20 years to come. No, que queden bien marcadas en el boxeo cada pel cada una de las peleas. All the suits, all the shoes, all this pretty glitz and glamour. At the end of the day, it don't mean nothing because we got to step in that ring. It's time to prove who's the best middleweight in the world. Esperemos el 4 de mayo a ver qué es lo que pasa. Yes, fight fans, this is it. This is the big one of this year so far. It's Canelo versus Danny Jacobs, the preview episode. And today, I'm going to be joined by our resident co-host, Jordan Neald. We're going to thrash it out. We're going to talk about this fight. We're going to talk about how we think this fight's going to go down. We're going to talk about both men's careers. And we're going to talk about our predictions for the fight. But before I get into it, I just want to let you guys know to go over and find us on social media at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter and BTR Boxing Podcast on Facebook. And also, while you're there and you're on the internet or you're on your phone, make sure you go and check out bearattackboxing.co.uk, the sponsors for BTR Boxing Podcast, producing high-quality boxing gloves. It looks like they're going to be bringing out some great products soon as well. I've noticed the little social posts that have been going up and I've been speaking to the owner and he's showing me these great gloves that are coming out and these branded wraps and... Yeah, I tell you what, there's some great products coming your way. So make sure you get over to www.bearattackboxing.co.uk. Find them on social media, Bear Attack Boxing, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. So this is it, let's get into the episode then. This is Canelo versus Danny Jacobs. Jordi, it's great to have you back on for this episode. What a big fight and probably the biggest fight of the year so far. Yeah, it's a massive event and you know it's good to get these sort of events and fights coming back around and... Uh, yeah, I absolutely can't wait to watch. Been watching all the build-up stuff, and you know I'm a massive Daniel Jacobs fan. 
and it just it just obviously can't wait. I think it's a perfect opportunity for him to just cap off what's been an amazing life, really, not just a career, but yeah, just another amazing fight that Canelo's involved in. He's obviously the biggest star, isn't he, in the, in the sport? Yeah, begrudgingly, he is the biggest star in the sport. And people that have long time listened to this podcast will know kind of our thoughts on, you know, the the stuff that's happened outside of it. But I'm not going to tie yeah. this episode full of it because really, <laughs> I, I, I want to objectively look at this fight and think about, you know, like we've both just said, it's the biggest fight of the year. And, and really, you know, this 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 for us is is the pinnacle of the sport. This is what we want to see. We want to see two great fighters going in against each other, not avoiding each other or ducking each other. You know, it's it's a great fight between guys that are both holding belts in that middleweight division, and you know, essentially are probably the two two of our the three best. I think you know we've got Golovkin, you've got Canelo, and then you've got Danny Jacobs, and I'd say between them three, they are the best in that division. Yeah, well, obviously Jacobs had that very close fight with Golovkin that, you know, not just, you know, a lot of people thought he won it. And, um, you know, he's got a very he's got a very good resume. You know, he's, uh, he's a world champion in his own right. I think he's been a bit a bit annoyed with the, with the treatment sort of leading up to this fight because it's sort of like, obviously when anyone fights Canelo to the opponent because he, he's so big and so famous and stuff, you know, everyone's treated like a bit of, you know, just as an opponent, but... Uh, you know, in the build-up, he's been saying like I'm a world champion as well, and he, he deserves his respect. But you know, I think come come fight night, he'll definitely have the respect of Canelo. I've not really seen Canelo speak about an opponent with the same level of respect he's talking about Jacobs with. Obviously, he's not going to show respect to Can- uh, Golovkin because he's his arch rival. But you know, a lot of what Canelo's saying makes sense. He's he's respecting his boxing ability. Is you know, he's got obvious physical advantages and. I've seen him say a few times that he rates Daniel Jacobs as a boxer, and I think that's very wise because anyone who does underestimate Danny Jacobs is either never watched him fight before or is just a complete fool. You know this 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 whole Canelo situation with like you say in the way. Danny Jacobs has, has said he's been treated in the build-up. It very much reminds me of 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 like what it like used to be like for Oscar De La Hoya fights. And when Oscar De La Hoya was obviously the golden boy, nicknamed, you know, he was the one that was a star. He was the one that everybody came to see. And it didn't matter if you as an undefeated fighter or another world champion, you were kind of treated in that way. And that's it. Kind of mirrors. The, the fights that Oscar De La Hoya had with other champions as well, where Jacobs is coming in here as as a champion with a portion of, of you know the championships that are out there, and yet yeah, he's kind of been overlooked and overshadowed a little bit by the whole Canelo hype train. And I think this this weekend's fight really will be a a, a telling factor for, for Danny Jacobs, and you know could be like you said at the start of the episode there, it could be a a real defining moment and a crowning moment in Danny Jacobs' career. Yeah, well, we, we've obviously, like, anyone who knows it, you know, we've seen what Danny Jacobs has gone through in his life personally and sometimes life just sort of falls into a place where, you know, you cap everything off and if he was to get the win over Canelo, Canelo's the biggest star in our sport. He's just like, whether we like it or, or loathe it, the numbers he does speak for themselves. He's an absolute superstar in Mexico, America and pretty much all over the world and you know if Danny Jacobs can come out on, on top then you know as you say he really rounds rounds his life off rounds his career off but I'm sure he'll keep going but it's one of them where it's like so many Canelo fights it's all about Canelo because he's pretty much won before he's gotten in the ring 
you know, maybe aside from two Golovkin fights, he, you know, the field and Chavez Jr., Liam Smith, Amir Khan, and even a, a bit Miguel Cotto because he was coming to the end of his his career at the time. But it feels like for the first time in a long time, you know, you're looking at someone who's got a real threat to Canelo and who could really, really go in there and beat him. You know, I hope he does, but um, he's not someone going in there with, with, a, with a puncher's chance. He's going in there with, you know, a, a real chance of upsetting the apple cart. So let's do what we normally do then. Let's talk about both of these guys' recent careers uh, and just touch on them briefly to discuss where we would go down for, for our breakdown and prediction of, of this particular fight. So I think we'll probably start with Alvarez first and then move on to Jacob. So it's quite fresh in the mind of everybody, you know, the Golovkin fights with, with Canelo Alvarez and, and obviously what what they brought to the table and the dispute over whether it was a draw or a dispute of whether he won the second fight. I, I'm not going to go into all that. I don't. We've, we've hashed all that out on previous episodes. But what I will say about Canelo's recent career is with every fight we've seen him in, he's just got better and better and better. Yeah. And the level of opposition has got better and better and better. And he's, he's stepped up to the plate. And... For me, this is he is one of the best fighters on the planet at the moment, regardless of my thoughts on his contaminated meat scandal. He is one of the best fighters on the planet. He looks in phenomenal shape at the moment. There's a picture doing the rounds on social media today of him looking all lathered up in oil with all these six-pack out, and he looks in absolute phenomenal shape. And I think... He's gonna, he's gonna essentially rise to the level of the opponent in his fighting, and I think that's the type of guy Canelo is, and I think we've seen it throughout his career. And you talk about them fights with the likes of a faded Cotto and an Amir Khan, a Liam Smith, a Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. You could see, like in some of them fights, he weren't even getting out of first and second gear in terms of his boxing ability and his ability to pick punches. And most recently, you know, with Rocky Field, and it was just. Everybody kind of knew on paper this was a little bit of a an overmatched fight, but you you, you know you just give the underdog a chance. And, and for me, with with Canelo, he was absolutely prolific on that night against Fielding. He made Fielding look like an amateur boxer, and Fielding is not an amateur boxer. The guy won a portion of the world title. He's nothing like that. He just made him look that way because of the level that Canelo's at. What have your thoughts been on his? last three, four fights over the past couple of years. Yeah, that was sort of what I was getting at before. Like I'd sort of take the the Golovkin fight out of the equation because they sort of, they're sort of like legacy fights in their own. But what I meant by um, being at the first time someone could genuinely beat Canelo, it's sort of, I'm sort of putting Danny Jacobs in the level of, you know, the Cottles, Cairns, Smiths of the world. And I think you're probably right, his career's been... You know, perfectly managed. Even though he's had, I think it's fifty-three or fifty-four fights now. He's been going for years, but you know, the loss to Floyd Mayweather seems a long, long time ago now. And then you know, from there, he's just gone from strength to strength in terms of. I think the Kerhun fight, twenty fifteen, that was probably the big breakout because of the knockout and stuff. But then from then, he's just gone from strength to strength, as you say, and he probably is. He's definitely in the top three pound pound fighters on the planet. And it's it's hard to see him stop, but you know, on the other hand, I think someone who's built the way Jacobs is and who fights the way Jacob does has the natural ability Daniel Jacobs has. That's your best chance of beating Canelo, and you know, sometimes size does matter, and there's definitely going to be a big size advantage in that ring on uh, come early hours Sunday morning. 
So Danny Jacobs' career, obviously, it's well known about his career and the the trials and tribulations of it. But since he's returned to the ring, again, he's another fighter that's just looked really, really good. You've got to think about Danny Jacobs. You know, he was he was really active in 2015. He got three wins, three stoppage wins against Truax, Sergio Mora, Peter Quillen and then beat Sergio Moro again in 2016, and then got that fight with Golovkin in 2017. Now, you said earlier, Jordi, this was a really close fight, and in some people's eyes, actually, Danny Jacobs won this fight. And I'll be honest with you, when I watched that fight, I thought Danny Jacobs had just nicked the fight, and I was surprised when they gave it to Golovkin, but I think boxing being a business that it is... Golovkin was the cash cow at that point in time, so it kind of felt like they was obviously putting it more sway on 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 sort of Golovkin. I mean, I'm just being conspiracy theorist when I say this stuff, but I did feel at the time Jacobs won that fight. But the fact that he was able to go 12 rounds with the guy uh, and 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 seemingly out hustle him through quite a lot of them rounds after Golovkin was on an absolute monster of a streak, knocking people out. That just shown us that Golovkin was a human being like everyone else in that fight. That's what it shown us, and that shown us that Danny Jacobs' boxing ability was vastly underrated. Yeah, I mean, at that point in time, you know, Golovkin was 35, 36 and all, and he was an absolute wrecking machine. He still is a wrecking machine, but, you know, we had that sort of Mike Tyson order of people being absolutely petrified of his power and what he was going to do to people in the ring, and, you know, not to be cheesy or nothing, but Danny Jacobs has seen bigger fights than boxing outside of his life in terms of his cancer battle and stuff like that. And he was the first person who went in there and sort of pretty much showed that Golovkin's, Golovkin is, is or was human. You know, he, he can be hurt and he can be outboxed. And the most impressive thing for me, whether he won or lost, it was just his, absolute, his attitude towards it was just absolutely perfect. He wasn't phased at all. He when they in there they implemented his game plan was something no one's done against Golovkin at this point and he was sort of his his whole aura and everything about him was so impressive and he you know I, I was I'm not going to say I've been a fan for him his whole career because I haven't but you know I think I was a fan when he knocked out Peter Quillen in the first round you know when he had the little battle of New York thing and that definitely got me attention but you know how can you not respect the way he fought against Golovkin and I thought he was again I thought he was unlucky not to get the win but even from there, he, he went in with Luis Arias. I know that was probably a perfectly matched fight because he was undefeated, but you know he's quite beatable. And you know he's linked up with Eddie Ian and the Zone. And he's, as we just said, Canelo's gone from centre to centre. So was Danny Jacobs. And you know they meet at this point, and I, I give Danny Jacobs a massive chance. I know everyone keeps saying he, he like he could have a chance, but no one's really predicting he's going to win. I. I honestly think Danny Jacobs will um, will uh, do the business this weekend, and that's not sentimentality or anything. It's it's genuine. I actually do think he will. You'll look at Danny Jacobs' last three fights in particular after the Golovkin fight, and every one of them opponents were undefeated at the time he fought them. Yeah. You know, obviously, look at Luis Arias. You know, we didn't really know of him, especially over in the UK. He wasn't really a household name. Yeah. He was undefeated. He fights Seleka who was undefeated 26-0 at the time, and then Derevanchenko, who he beat for the vacant IBF title in his last fight, who was 12-0. So, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd been in with fighters in... If you include Golovkin in that, he'd been in for the, in his last four fights. He'd been in with fighters with a combined record of something ridiculous like 
pushing a hundred and not, you know what I mean? It was you, yeah. you think of it like that, it's it's pretty crazy to think that. Actually, and he was a decorated amateur as well. He was a you yeah. know he was a brilliant amateur. He fought all over the world, and you know I think even though he's I think he's just in his early thirties now, Danny Jacobs. But I think we're just just scratching the surface of the surface of what Danny Jacobs has got, and you know I'm sure he sees it as as the big coming out party this weekend, but. I think the one thing that separates him from everyone else, all Canelo's opponents, probably triple to your side, but everyone other than that is just his mindset. I don't think he's going in there a beaten fighter. I don't think he's. I think he's a gentleman, but I don't think he's got the respect for Canelo that most of his other opponents do. And I think just that mindset shift is just is just so important when you're coming up against someone as famous and as a bigger name and as good as as uh, Canelo. Well, the thing is, like you just said there, the mindset shift. He's an underdog. Everybody's making him the underdog for this fight. Nobody's expecting him to walk out of there with a victory. And especially if it goes to points. That, that's one controversial topic that's been on the lips of everybody on social media all week, is that he's going to have to knock him out to win, or at least get a draw in this, because it seems to be that Canelo's... You know, the judging in Canelo's fights always seems to go in his favour, when seemingly it looks a lot closer, or where he's potentially looked like he lost against Golovkin the first time round. So, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of people saying out there he's going to have to knock him out to even get a bloody draw, which, I mean, I know he's probably a little bit extreme-like, but, you know, he, he's going to have to really comprehensively outbox him in this fight, and I think it leads us nicely on to the sort of keys to victory for both men and sticking with Jacobs then I know you, you've obviously got a real passion for, for him looking to pick up the victory this weekend what would you say about Jacobs his style uh, his approach to the game is going to be key to victory on Saturday I think it's just obviously his, his natural physical advantages and I know we touched on that with Fielding and when we were in the build up to that and we didn't we knew Fielding wouldn't win but you know his natural physical advantages he's 5'11 probably you know, down and box as 5'11", but I'm sure he's maybe even slightly bigger than that. And Canelo's 5'8", 5'9", so, you know, it's a, it, there is a big size difference in there, but it's not just size this time, it's it's also natural ability. He's got, you know, fantastic punch selection, he's he's active, he's, he's got a good work rate, all the stuff that he's not going to sit there and just admire Canelo and let him ring off these lovely, lovely combinations and just be on the end of them. You know, as I said to you before, I think the biggest thing is his, is his mindset in, in this fight. I think he knows that he's up against it and he's probably comfortable being there. But I just think physically he might just be a bit too imposing. But if he was to get... If, I, I honestly would not be surprised if it went the same way the Golovkin fight did when, you know, Golovkin's not really make, didn't really make a dent in Jacobs and then it sort of got tight in the middle of rounds and Jacobs maybe nicked it. But um, if he was also to lose on the cards quite convincingly, I wouldn't be surprised either because... If we're, if we're truly honest and, and we really put the sport for what it is, it's probably not a fair fight on the judges' scorecard. So, you know, it remains to be seen. But I think maybe just his physical advantages and his just natural boxing ability, I think, can get him the win. But that's not discrediting Canelo. He's obviously a great fighter. I think for me, for, for Jacobs to win this fight, he's got to approach it in the same way he beat Derivanchenko. And that Derivanchenko fight was an absolute brilliant fight. That was a split decision, which he picked up the win in. And I think it was a very, very close, tough affair for the both men in that fight. And I think the way he was closing the distance, the way he was keeping close to Derivanchenko, yeah. the way he was even using his body, even though he's got them natural 
physical advances that we're talking about, he, he can hustle on the inside, and that's really important because Canelo, obviously we know him as, as a prolific body puncher, and we know he loves to work the body, so what Jacobs is going to have to do is completely get into the point where Canelo can't actually get any working on the body, where he's, he's smothering Canelo's work, and that's for me where he's yeah. going to be able to steal the rounds from him. Uh, and I don't mean yeah. that as in, I don't mean that as in, I think, Jacobs is not good enough to win the rounds comprehensively. I just mean that if he can out-hustle him in these rounds, uh, I think he, you know, he could go away and end up winning on the cards. That's if we believe that he'll get a fair crack of the whip. I don't believe he'll be, um, as you say, you know, Canelo's inside work is phenomenal. His body punching is, is, is out of this world, but that's what I don't think Canelo, um, Danny Jacobs is going to give Canelo the respect in terms of just letting him get close and ring off body shots. I think he will use his physical advantages and he will be, you know, big, strong and, and confident in there to push Canelo sort of away and out of the danger zone, so to speak. So, yeah, I just think just a combination of the ability and and, and the physical advantages. But, yeah, you're right. If he fights the same way as he, as he fought Derevinchenko, he can't really go too much wrong. And if he's good enough on the night, he is. If not, then, you know, he'll live to fight another day. So let's look at Sal Alvarez, Canelo Alvarez's you know recent career. We've touched on it quite a bit, but we'll just sort of recently go back to the the, the Golovkin fights and the Rocky Fielding fights. Obviously, he's had them two legacy defining fights with Golovkin. He, the draw split decision controversially in the first one, and then the majority decision in the second one, which I felt was was probably the right decision. Uh, the first time I didn't. Second time I probably could agree with the judges on that one in terms of the victor. But the Rocky Fielding fight was... was I don't know, it's a strange one now because it seems like redundant in the sense that he's moved up that way to take a portion of a world title and now obviously he's moved back down to defend his titles and, and fight for the IBF title back down at the middleweight division again. So whether he's got plans to, to eventually move up, maybe even after this fight it could be an option. They might even end up moving him up. I don't know. I know he comes in quite heavy on the night. So when he when he weighs in at the middleweight limit, I think he comes in near light heavyweight limit on the night. I think it's been widely reported on numerous occasions he comes in quite heavy. But you're referring to, to Jacobs' obviously physical advantages. I think he'll come in you know, quite heavy on the actual on the actual night as well. But going back to Alvarez then, Jordi, we talked about Jacobs, we talked about what he's got to do to try and win this fight. For Alvarez then, going in against a guy who's naturally much bigger, naturally much stronger than him, what would what tactics would he he employ to try and get the victory over him? I think in terms of for me, I think the tactics he adopted in the second Glockham fight where he sort of took centre ring and you know, tries to dictate. I think that's going to be that's going to be key. But I think he'll, um, you know, Danny Jacobs, obviously, as we know, he's quite active and he'll be happy to sort of move about the ring and, and manoeuvre his way in, sort of thing. But I think he will he relies on his body punching because it's so good and rightly so, really. But I think we won't see anything really different from Canelo in this fight. I think we'll see the the impressive combinations, the vicious body punching and. You know, just a like a systematic breakdown of Jacobs will be his plan to maybe get him out of there late on. But you know, it, it really just comes down to which fighter can really impose themselves. And we've seen Canelo be an absolute expert as, as imposing his way of fighting and his game plan on fights. And you know, if he does do that, then maybe Jacobs is in a bit of trouble. But yeah, it's just going to come down to which fighter can really implement the game plan the, the best. And I know that's a bit cliche, but you know, in a fight of this level and 
two people this talented. It, it's the it's the little details and the fine margins that usually win these fights. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't really want to touch anything more on it, to be honest, because I think you've kind of nailed it on the head as to what I think about the fight in terms of how Alvarez is going to win this fight. So I think it leads us nicely into your prediction section then. And, and, and obviously, judging from the conversation at the start of the episode, are you actually going for Danny Jacobs? Is Danny Jacobs the one you're going for? Yeah, tonight? I, actually, I do honestly think that he's got all the ability, all the advantages to, to win this long on, on points but you know I, I'm sitting here and I know it's not a level playing field and you know the fact we put so much time into this sport and when we sit here on the big fights and say it's not a level playing field probably tells you how stupid we are but yeah I don't I don't believe it's a level playing field and um, I probably wouldn't be surprised if Canelo takes it on points but I believe Danny Jacobs will win will win on points somehow or some way I like the fact that you've got faith in the uh, the, the system. Um, I, I think I think for the story of Danny Jacobs, you know, you want him, you want him to succeed, you want him to win, you want him to get this defining and crowning moment. Hundred percent, most people will agree. However, I think for me, in terms of predictions for the fight, I think it's going to be a unanimous decision for Canelo, and I just think that he's going to. He's going to be in them some of them rounds where they're going to be really tough and it's going to be difficult to score them. And I think because of the way the judging system works and how how favouritism it can be in, in some instances, which is utter bullshit anyway, it can make it can make the, 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 the way the fight goes completely different. I think it's going to be a unanimous decision. I think some of like... You know, like a, a 115, 113 Canelo or a 116, 112 for, for Canelo. And yeah. I know it's dead specific what I'm saying, but I'm saying it because I feel like there'll be rounds in there where it'll look like, you know, maybe Canelo's going to try and work the body really hard and Danny Jacobs is just going to be sort of tucking up and looking for his counter shots and, you know, what the judges are going to see is they're just going to see an attacking fighter but not seeing the quality work of Jacobs, which is what I think is going to happen yeah. in this fight. And I do see Canelo nicking the fight and I do see it being by a couple of rounds on the judges' scorecards. If I was talking with my heart, I'd probably like to see Danny Jacobs get a defining and crowning moment and I'd like to see Canelo not have knocked off his pedestal a little bit and, and maybe then go back for a, a third Golovkin fight. You know, a trilogy with, with Golovkin would be quite interesting to see. But, you know, I, th- I think it's going to be Canelo. I think Canelo takes this and I think it'll be, like I say, a couple of rounds unanimous decision on the night. Yeah. Um, the way you've summed it up, mate, I, I really wouldn't argue. I mean... I obviously hope Danny Jacobs can win, and I'm probably being a bit biased because I can't stand Canelo and everything he stands for. But it's it's just one of them, and I think the way you've explained it, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if the fight went that way. To be honest. So we've done our predictions, we've done our breakdowns, we've done our synopsis of this particular fight. Let's just briefly touch on some of the other stuff going on over the weekend, some of the news that's been coming out, and let's talk about that. So, also on this particular bill, you've got John Ryder defending his interim WBA super middleweight title against Bilal uh, Akwai, I think it is, Akwai. I think that's his name. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Kawi, no, that's the one. I'm not going to go on it myself, yeah. <laughs> so, we've got, we've got that on there, oh. which is, is not... Initially, it was supposed to be David Lemieux who was who he was fighting, which I thought was going to be a really tasty affair should that happen. Uh, but yeah. I, I don't really know how I'm going to see this fight going down. I mean, 
we, we, we know we know what John Ryder brings to the table, but I don't really know a lot about what his opponent brings to the table in this instance. And you know, people might sit there and going, "Well, you know, you, you should know this." Well, I don't. I don't know what he brings to the table. I've not seen his career. He's not had that level of exposure over in the UK for me to be able to pick up on it. And I've not seen him in any any significant fights that I can remember where I can honestly say oh I remember that fight that was great so it's difficult for me to sort of give a judgment on it but we know that is going to be the fight on the undercard that British fans will be looking to go for because we want to see John Ryder win we want to see him do well we want to see him get a potential shot at a world title in the future so we've got that on the card on there but overall I was talking today actually on social media about this card and it's it's not the greatest of, of cards top to bottom because I think obviously the focus is on the main event and I think yeah. people people will tune into it but what have you made of of this sort of card as a whole looking down the bill have you, have you are you excited for it or are you just thinking I'll probably only watch the Canelo and Jacobs fight I mean, it, it sort of happens with Canelo. So there's, there's that much money in the main event. It, there's not there's not much left to, to filter down, sort of thing. You know, the pot, although the zone's pot's quite big, and you know, Golden Boy's pot's quite big. It's it, you know, it has to come to an end somewhere. But yeah, I think it's not a great card. But you know, hopefully you can unearth a couple of young up and comers. I know Joseph Diaz is on there. He's been arguing with Tevin Farmer this week and in, in, at the press conferences and stuff, trying to build that fight at Super Feather. And then, you know, people like Virgil Ortiz Jr. He's, he's had a lot to say as well, and he's um, he's obviously unbeaten. Saddam Ali makes a low key comeback, sort of again. And yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit. You know, you wouldn't stay up all night for it. You probably will just get off for the main event and catch anything that catches fire the next day. But in terms of John Ryder, he's sort of found himself in a in a you know, a dream position as it stands. You know, he's fighting in America, chief supporter, the biggest fight of the year. And, you know, it's not so long ago he was getting beat by Rocky Fielding at the Echo Arena for, like, the British title. He was dropped, he's dropped, like, he'd been knocked, he was knocked out by Nick Blackwell in 2015 and, you know, he even dropped a points decision to Jack Armfield. So, you know, where his career was a couple of years ago in terms of losing quite regularly on the domestic scene to, you know, this this position he's in now which he's there deservedly you know it, it just shows you how quickly things can change in the sport you know that Patrick Nielsen knockouts absolutely you know rocketed them up and then obviously Jamie Cox and headline in the matchroom show last time out and he, he won by KO again but yeah it's just been an absolute whirlwind for John Ryder and if he was to win this fight you know you can see him getting a, a, you know, a shot at maybe Callum Smith or someone along them lines yeah, so let's go into news then. Uh, I know you wanted to touch on some of the stuff coming out over the past couple of weeks. Was there anything that you had a burning desire to discuss on the episode tonight? I think everything's been, everything gets battered on it on, on Twitter and that these days, but obviously the Andy, Andy Ruiz thing's just been absolutely, that's been on everyone's lips and... <laughs> You know, I think I think I think it's a better fight than Miller, but I don't really make rate Miller that highly. And I think Andy Ruiz is probably his own worst enemy, really, with with the shape he's in. But you know, he's a talented fighter. He's very, very, very good. He's very quick. Very, you know, he doesn't look quick, but he is. Um, and I, I'm I'm the first to give Eddie Ann and people like that, you know, the, the, a bit of stick when they deserve it, but. I think in the situation, it's probably the best fight that they could have that they could have pulled out, in my opinion. But you know, it's it's one of them where 
anyone who doesn't watch boxing all the time or just tunes into Joshua's fights, they're going to look at Andy Louise and say, you know, this guy's got no chance. But I don't, I don't think he'll win. But I think he's a very good fighter in his own right, and it, it can be a competitive fight for six, seven rounds. I've made my sort of initial reactions on our YouTube channel, Elite Sleep Boxing Repeat, about this. And when I when I, when I heard the rumours about it, and we posted it out on Twitter. You know the the amount of comments that was on that post about him being a joke and a fat slob and all the rest of it. For me, actually, this is probably a better fight than Miller, as you were saying, and I agree with you because I think you've got to think of this fight as a business sense fight. This fight is to get Joshua known in America. It's to get him known as Anthony Joshua, not Anthony Johnson. This is to get that mainstream exposure in the USA. Now, he was fighting a trash-talking, burger-eating, drug-taking Jarrell Miller. That's not happening now. But now, we've got a guy who's known over in America. He's got a profile. His only loss is to Joseph Parker, which was a, a disputed loss. It was quite a close fight. And in New Zealand as well. And- oh, well there you go. <laughs> another, another situation to talk about. But, for me... How can you not give the guy credit? You, if if you've not watched any of the guy's fights, and how can you sit there and say he's just a fat slob who's going to get knocked out? Yeah, he might get knocked out. He might get stopped. But do you honestly think they would give Andy Ruiz Jr. an opportunity to fight if they didn't think he was going to bring something to the table that was going to put on the entertainment value for the American fans? He is tailor-made for AJ. I will say that he is going to walk forward in straight lines. But he's he not going to. He's not going to be hard to find. You know what I mean. And that's what fans want. He's not going to be on his bike trying to pot shot AJ and you know nick up, try and take it long and stuff like that. I think he's going to pretty much meet AJ, you know, and slap bang in the middle of the ring. And you know, as fans, that's what we want to see. And you probably, you know, we've had discussions before about um, fights like Dave Allen and David Price, which has been announced. People are so quick to say these fights are terrible, but as fans, this is surely what we want. Why would you why would you want to see a fighter in the opposite corner who's going to, you know, bring the fight down or not bring the fight down, but approach it with a different style, which is not so fan friendly? At the end of the day, we are fans. You want an entertaining fight. You want, if, if truth be told, we all want to see knockouts. So I don't understand the culture of our sport when these fights do get made where. Andy Ruiz says Joshua is gonna there's gonna be a knockout in a fight. So fans should be excited about that. Not oh it should have been somebody else. Just 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 let it be what it is and, and you know, enjoy it from a fan's perspective because it can't not be a good fight, I don't think. Or an entertaining fight. The thing is on on that subject of it should have been someone else, yeah, there was talk of him fighting Ortiz. Now let's let's be honest about that situation. As, as a trainer, the <laughs> yeah. Well, as a trainer, as Rob McCracken, and you've got AJ in that corner, and you've been offered Luis Ortiz on six weeks' notice, a southpaw, a dangerous southpaw, a guy that nearly stopped Deontay Wilder. Are you seriously going to want to take that fight? Yeah, you're not. Are you? No, I, not... I totally agree, and it, it, it's just not ideal at all. And you know, when it comes down to it, that's that's what they've got to look at. They've got to look at. You know, as we're saying, we're fans. We want to see exciting fights. They're trainers. They've got to see what's best for their guy. And you know, Lewis Ortiz wouldn't have been the ideal on six weeks' notice. But you know, the fact he turned down seven million apparently, and there's only one reason he's turned that down, in my opinion, is that you know, it's something would have come out if he was tested in, in the lead up to the fight, which is a sad situation in itself. But 
you know, the heavyweight division is just such a, a minefield at the minute. You know, that all three of all three of the champions are in pretty well, you say three champions, but there's obviously Joshua and and Wilder and then you include Fury, but they're all in fights that they, you know, that is not each other, so it is a minefield but you know, we go on and hope that they they do eventually get it on. And on the domestic heavyweight scene then, touching back on that, we was all looking forward to the potential prospects of Joe Joyce and Daniel Dubois last weekend after Dubois yeah. dispatched of Latte. And then a couple of days ago, we get the announcement that Joe Joyce is now fighting Alexander Ustinov, which oh. was very disappointing. And it was great to see social media... Uh, basically, yeah, fight, Jones, yeah, that's what I was going to say. That was exactly what I was going to say. Is I love it when a tweet a tweet doesn't age well, and someone goes oh, out yeah. to the depths of someone's profile and digs it out, and that's what it was happened. Only like three weeks ago, wasn't it? I think you know, but early April or something, he put Houston off the worst heavyweight in the in the world, and then the end of April, he put delighted to announce Joe will be fighting former world champion or whatever Houston off. <laughs> you know that's the, that's the way I don't even think Houston was a world champion was he no he was a world no. title challenger yeah so well you know he put something along them lines but you are right it's it's it's, it's funny how people uh, how quickly people come back to that but <laughs> yeah that's going to be an absolute blowout job he's Houston was a good fighter at one point and obviously for 11 and the likes but he, um, he's coming off the back of two losses he's had two fights in three years and you know he goes to Stephen and Jeff C to fight Joe Joyce so <laughs> yeah that pretty much tells you all, the, all you need to know but there's a couple of good fights I mean Dubois is moving along quite quickly he's, that, that fight with Dubois last weekend it was it was entertaining why it lasts and you know, the thing about Dubois is I don't actually think his punch power is is what people is what people say I think he's a very hard puncher obviously he's a heavyweight but I don't think he's this destructive knockout artist that that he's been built up to, to be, but I also think his boxing's a lot better than people give him credit for, so I think he's definitely in a, a good addition, and he would be in some massive fights with Dubois, but maybe just keep the microphone a little a little bit further away from him, because he's not, he's not blessed with the old tra- uh, trash talking or anything. No, he definitely needs a, a, Sam, <laughs> a Sam Jones in his corner, doesn't he, for that he one? Does, like, 100%. <laughs> uh, let's touch on the Dillian White-Oscar Rivas fight then, the pay-per-view announcement. I don't think we've had the opportunity to actually speak about that recently. So, it's been announced, that fight. I did touch on it, I think, a couple of weeks ago, but now I've got the opportunity to speak to you about it. Now they've put the Alan Price fight on the bill as well. Is it? Do you think it's going to start to shape up to be a, a worthwhile pay per view, or are, you, are the sort of are the judges still out at this stage? I think obviously the judges will will always be out till the day really on a pay per view card. But you know, I think they added React Poor Chris Billum Smith today, which is a really good domestic fight, and I think the plan is for that to be the six o'clock fight, and then you know if that's the if that's the opener, you know, I can sort of get on board with that and hope that it gets better, but. I think Pricey Allen is a good fight for four or five rounds maximum. And then I think I, I think it's a massive but I think I've said to you before, but I think the Dillian White Rivas fight's just a horrible, horrible bit of matchmaking. I would not be surprised if that went if that went wrong and I'm a big Dillian White fan, but Oscar Rivas is just you know, you're gonna get no credit for beating him and he could well easily beat you. And I just don't think it's I think it's a horrible bit of matchmaking to be honest. 
it'll be interesting to see how it goes. It is a, it's a very high-risk, low-reward fight for Dillian White, that's for sure. He's not going to really get anything out of winning this. Uh, but he's he's definitely putting himself in to, to you know to a point where nobody can say he can't have a title shot. I think that's the problem with him at the moment is he deserves a title shot. He's earned it, but he's still yet being passed from pillar to post and just getting put yeah. in fights where, like you said, it's a it could be a backfire, it could be a huge banana skin for him. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it's, it's promoted. Obviously, just touching on it, but you know, at the end, obviously, Anthony Joshua's promoter, so. You know, that's his cash cow, that's his, his, his golden goose sort of thing. He's not going to jeopardise anything in Joshua's career in order to benefit Dillian White. And I think it's such a bad position for Dillian White to be in. But, you know, hopefully one day the, the road clears and he can't get a shot for it. But I feel like he might be waiting her even, even longer than he already has, really. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm uh, just reading today that Eddie Hearn's saying that a deal's now been agreed to make Luke Campbell versus Devin Haney for the vacant yeah, WBC lightweight title. You know, I, I, I rate Devin Haney quite, you know, really, really high, and I think that's a very tough fight for Luke Campbell. But Luke Campbell's sort of in the boat Dillian White is in, not probably as extreme, but you know, he's got to the point where he's, he's a worthy t- world title challenger and he's just sort of waiting for his waiting for his chance now, but, you know, I can, I've seen people get easier, easier vacant title shots than, you know, fighting Devin Haney. But, it's, it's an, again, Eddie Ayn's pumped a bit of money into Luke Campbell over the years and he's about to put more money into Devin Haney, so be interesting to see who he really wants to win on that fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's... Uh... I think it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because you've got Luke Campbell, who's, who's what is he now, 31, 32, and this probably will be one of his final shots at a world title, you know, before he's going to start to get to the back end of his career, whereas Haney's only young, and he's obviously got, what, 20 fights, 21 fights behind him already, and, yeah, I think, as a promoter, you're kind of going to be looking at the guy that's going to take you forward for the future in terms of the one that's going to bring you all the money in, and I think Devin Haney's going to be that man, so I think secretly I probably will back Devin Haney for the win yeah, well, on this I one. I definitely wouldn't be surprised, but, you know, there's been, a, there's been a couple of great fights over the last couple of weeks, I mean, TJ Dehenny against um, Daniel Roman, that was one of the best fights I've seen in a long time. You know, Cracking we're in America fight. again, but you know, a bit closer to home, I think Greg of Italy uh, Boxer Repeat, I think he covered it, but the Cash Farouk and, um, sorry, I forget the other guy's name, Kyle, Kyle Williams. Yep. That was uh, for the British title, that was a great little fight, and, you know, um, Cash Farouk looks a really, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, but he looks a really, really exciting prospect. Yeah, he does. It was a great little fight, and he's. It was good that it actually got a bit of exposure on BBC uh, on the Scotland BBC channel, and it was great to be able to watch it. And obviously, Greg was there covering it and interviewed Cash after the fight. And you know, the fight we want to see for Cash Farouk is Lee McGregor. So we're going to see what what happens next for Cash Farouk on the domestic scene. Uh, anything else? Then is there anything else this week that we've not touched on? Uh, oh, I got. I've got one. Frotch Groves free. What about that one? <laughs> okay, now yeah. That'll be stacked on someone's undercard somewhere, I think, nowadays. But, yeah, I think, you know, I don't think many people get um, get Carfrotch's humour. I think he's so dry and he, he's so good at hiding his, his laughter sort of thing. That people think everything he says is serious, but I think that's got to be a bit of tongue-in-cheek. They were hugging and kissing the other week and saying, <laughs> you know, how good they were for each other's career. But, yeah, I think that's a little bit, a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but... Yeah, don't you know? People do come back for the wrong reasons, and I think that'll be another, another um, sort of example of that. But 
I think George Groves is probably closer to heavyweight now than he is to, to super middleweight. <laughs> I think yeah, I think they were saying on Sky the other week when they were on the punditry team together when they were talking about it. Uh, I actually know it might have been an IFL interview. I think he said he'd have to be at light heavyweight if they did it. Yeah. <coughs> so yeah, Frotz Groves free. Yeah, let's, let's do it. But uh, we'll be waiting a long time for that. I think that on um, <laughs> I think George Groves. I, mean, I think Frotch should go for it, but I think George Groves is uh, very, very happily retired, shall we say? Yeah, no, I'd agree. I haven't got anything else in Jordy for this week. Have you? No, no. I think it's just we've covered everything. But you know, the the season's sort of coming to an end when it's just getting going. So I think that's what it feels like. You know, because we haven't had as many as many UK shows as as we probably should have had. Really, but um, I was listening to Eddie in interviews, and there's a couple of shows in June and. Couple of shows in July, so yeah, should be uh, should be all systems go probably through the, throughout the summer. Right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. That is it for the Canelo versus Danny Jacobs preview episode. Just before we close out and before you decide to switch off this episode, make sure you go over to the BritishPodcastingAwards.com website and vote for us. I've said it in the last couple of episodes. You know, we're not expecting to win, but if we even if we got into the top 20 of all the podcastings that are in the country, I'd be absolutely chuffed to bits and it'd be a great stride for, for where this podcast is. If you've not been checking out some of the other mini series as well please go and listen to the legendary night series because i tell you what that is absolutely picking up some steam at the moment and with some great fights that we've had over the past few weeks with frotch and groves and nazim hamed and kelly and this next episode is going to be more versus macklin so you know get your ears around that one because that is an absolutely brilliant little series that's really taking shape and all the guys that are tweeting it out on twitter and sharing it on facebook you know it just goes to show you how much it's picking up speed and you know i'm really really chuffed to be getting these episodes out to everybody uh jordy any final words then for this weekend's action any final thoughts on canelo versus jacobs just just all my eggs are in the uh, danny jacobs basket and you know i've, I've been praying for the day karma come back and get canelo for um all the shit he pulled like a year or so ago but yeah all my eggs in danny jacobs basket and i hope to uh to stay up and, and be rewarded for it so that's it then guys can Danny Jacobs do the impossible? Can he become a unified middleweight champion and beat the new golden boy in Sal Coelho Alvarez? We'll find out on Saturday night. See you next time. Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.